Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals into the live Q&A with yours truly. And for those who are watching for the very first time, my name is Coach Josh, also known as Joshua. My name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use and to help you make sense of your life. If you've been watching me for a long period of time, whether it's been uh, years, weeks, days, or minutes that you have been subscribed, I want to say thank you so much for subscribing. And thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you watch or listen, whether it's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. I want to say thank you all so much for your love and for your support. And for those who give all that good stuff, you guys are greatly appreciate it. Uh, but for those who are new to these type of videos of mine, they seem pretty long like a lot of my videos are, but all of my videos for the last year or so um, have timestamps on them, the Q&A videos. So you're able to jump through the video to find out uh, what it is that you would like uh, to that connects with you. But let's get right to the chat box, see who's here. Let me know what city, what state, what country you're watching from. And we'll go ahead and start answering questions and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. What's going on, Sean M? What's going on? All is well. Thank you so much, Enoch. What's going on? Good evening. Estella, what's going on? Jay Diggs, what's up, family? Belinda. Hey, coach, coming from Raleigh. Thank you for watching from the street, Raleigh, North Carolina. Gina Brown. Hey, coach, hopeful as well. New suffering. Thank you for watching from Philly. Thank you for subscribing. We're glad to have you. I pray that the videos continuously be a blessing to you. Fatino from Greenville. Thank you for watching. The, uh, Ms. Dixon, I ain't going to jack your name up. Thank you for watching from London. Not Linda, Linda, Linda. I mean, not Linda, but London. Uh, Shana, what's going on? Watching from Mississippi. Thank you. Blessed too. Houston, what's going on? Latrell, Gina from Virginia. Coach Josh, I'm a, and I really need advice. Do you think I should continue to work on? Okay, let me let me go up. Let me go up. Go up. Continue. Let me know where you're watching from. The humble one says, Coach Josh, I'm a, and I really need advice. Do I think I should? Expound on your question for me, humble one, so I can so I can make sure I understand what you're talking about. Let me see if you comment a little bit lower. Submit your question again so I can really process. Coach Josh, I'm in a, and I really need advice. Do you think I should continue to work or let me just see what you're talking about? Let me see if you commented down the road. Give you, I'm going to give you opportunity, uh, the humble one, to answer your question. I'm going to get right into it. But thank you all so much for watching from India. Thank you for watching from India, St. Louis, Missouri, Virginia. Watching from Florida, Fridge Tour. Thank you for watching. Okay. Oh, you're a certified nurse assistant scared of Corona. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Coach Josh, I'm a certified nurse, and I really need advice in regards to Corona. Continue to work on my skin. Uh, first off, um, um, <clears throat> a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Um, he will cover you and keep you from all pestilence and plagues. Um, understanding who you are in position of God and trusting his favor, trusting his protection in your life will help you really be able to eliminate some of that fear. Uh, fear has torment. As long as you do your due diligence, I'm not sitting there saying be a dumb and go out there and just with no face mask. You be wise, you be smart, be led by the spirit of God and you safe. Uh, his name's a strong tower. Those who run to it are safe. And, and it doesn't matter what where you are uh, uh, or what you do, as long as you have faith and believe uh, and are fully aware of who you are in Christ and have faith and believe that God will keep you, <clears throat> he will. The Bible says fear has torment and those who are in fear, who, who those who fear have not been perfected by God's love. So my advice to you right now is, is to look up scriptures about God's love towards you, understanding who you are in him. Uh, Psalm 91 is probably one of the best chapters to help you really process uh, what he, what he offers those who are in him and look up scripture that pertains to uh, uh, life, 
and pertains to God taking care of you, pertains to your safety and protection, and write those scriptures down, print them out, do what you got to do. And before you go in that hospital, pray those scriptures over yourself, plead the blood of Jesus over you. And, and before you even go, make sure you build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. And if you're not there yet, um, 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 just cut on some worship music and enter into God's presence where he'll be able to uh, let you know that you are safe, but make sure you are continuously led by the Spirit of God. But if you feel like there's a lot of chaos in your mind and you feel like you're not really clear on what the Holy Spirit is, that's when you start stilling yourself and realizing, Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you. I trust that I'm protected by you and you follow that leadership. But don't be scared and don't quit because that's your money. Don't quit where God has placed you. God will always protect you where he has placed you. And um, and just be wise, wash your hands, cover your mouth, all that kind of cover your nose and mouth and you should be good. Take your showers when you get home. Just be wise. But but don't but don't but don't uh, lose sight of who you are in Christ and staying motivated by that. Hope that helps. Let's keep going. Divine fifteen says, "Hey, coach. Some people believe in God, but not the Bible. They claim it, man. They claim it. They claim it's man-made. How is that even possible? It's confusing. No one, divine fifteen. Let me give you some apologetic game right now. Uh, first off, uh, uh, people do not want uh, a product or or rule book from a divine. They don't want." Uh, what the Bible is considered acronym-wise, basic instructions before leaving earth. Um, so when people say that the Bible's man-made, then ask them, why do they read any books? Every book is man-made. So if you believe in the validity of your science books, you atheist, if you believe in the validity of the books that are handed down by people that that are humans, then, then how could you not, if you can trust that those humans are correct in their uh, research and investigations, then what makes you think that the Bible itself cannot be investigated as well? Every book is man-made. So if the, so, what you do is you, you kind of put it back on their premise. Their premise is that we shouldn't trust the Bible because the Bible's man-made. So what your response should be, then should we trust any books that man have written? And so when then you will get then you pretty much you will find out that there's fallacies in their statement. So if you don't believe the Bible is true on the standpoint because men wrote it, then why believe any book any person wrote? And so that's the logistic that you have. Thank you for giving. That's the logistic you have to process and say, okay, these people who spit out these different things with intensity and velocity and, and try to make you look dumb. Sometimes their statements are as dumb as they sound. Right. So, yes, God created a perfect book um, through imperfect people. That, that's what makes the Bible even more amazing. It wasn't a book that just floated down from heaven. It was a book that was written through imperfect hands perfectively. Now, what I need you to do is research the uh, infallibility of the word of God. Luke is one of the top historical documents of all time, one of the most accurate compiled uh, uh, documents of all time, historically considering. Um, there's 25,000 or so fragments. So people will say, well, the Bible could have been taken from somebody and rewritten. Well, rewritten, but uh, uh, people have rewritten the Bible and took certain key words out. But when it comes to the word of God, there are 25,000, there were 25,000 fragments found throughout multiple continents and countries compiled together to, to reveal to us that what we have in the Bible now is still has still been um, um, <clears throat> written or transcribed or or handed down perfectly. Um, the Israelite, the, the Israeli or the Israelite people, 
uh, people of Israel were considered very meticulous in the historical documentations. And so what you have to understand is that when people say that, chances are they, they already perceive or think that you don't know what you're talking about, but hear what they're saying and really hear the fallacies. The fact that they said that, uh, let me read your question. Some people believe in God, but not the Bible. They claim it's man-made. If it's man-made, then we shouldn't believe or accept anything that's man-made. And that counsels their argument, makes them look stupid, and then they're going to get all loud, they're going to get all boisterous, and then you just walk away. So uh, look at people like Frank Turek. Let me put up, let me put there, make sure I spell their names right, uh, for apologetics. For apologetics is uh, defending your faith. Uh, Frank Turek, let me make sure I, he's a good apologetics individual. Uh, let me also give you Ravi Zacharias. These two are my favorite thus far. And these people research their videos, look through them, and you'll kind of hear because um, they debate um, atheists and you can kind of really understand, okay, the word of God is true. It's factual. It's the word of God. And there's evidence. God is not going to give you a faith that cannot be investigated because that's not fair. Uh, and has withstand the test of time. So that's what you do. It's not confusing. They just speak loudly to confuse you. But when you study to show yourself approved, able to rightly divide the word of truth, nobody's falseness echoed in the tone of truth will confuse you. Hope to help. Hey, coach from New Zealand. What's going on, man? We got a lot of international people watching from today. Thank you. Thank y'all for watching. London, New Zealand, India. State cities. God is good. I'm glad that y'all watching. Fort Lauderdale, what's in the building? I mean, four lot of bills in the building. How you doing? This your nephew, DJ. What's up, DJ? What's up, man? All right, let's keep, let's keep going. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, unique queen. Oh, Marilyn, what's up? Thank you for being here. Sean M says, what should you do after you receive a prophecy? Great question. Um, put all prophecy on the shelf. First off, we have to understand what prophecy from God through God's prophets really mean. Um, prophecy only confirms what God has already placed in your heart. God will never bring someone to you to say something that you don't already sense in your spirit to be true or have already heard from God about. Any other things are usually vague prophecies. So the game when it comes to prophecy and prophets that people uh, look at or pray on, on people who are desperate. And sometimes they'll say vague prophecies, like I see uh, money in your future. I see a man in your future. So what prophets, false prophets do, they'll examine um, where you are. They'll look beside you and be like, oh, she came here. This is her second night at the revival. She only has, she only came with her kids. There's no man there. So I can easily just make her cry by saying, God heard you about your husband or God's going to promise you money in this, that God's going to give you a job. There has been even people who have been exposed who uh, did uh, um, uh, um, uh, cards ask uh, that welcome people in, writing down what's going on. And then a guy had his wife or had people in the back, he had an earpiece in his ear, and he'll say the lady with the, per with the blue uh, dress is struggling with this. And what he'll do is he'll be like, you, ma'am, are you struggling with this? And then she'll be like, oh my gosh, she found out. But there's a lot of gimmicks and schemes when it comes to these different things. So all prophecy should be put on the shelf and let God reveal that he spoke it. Don't get excited. Put on the shelf. Uh, 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 get excited if it confirms what God has already told you. But do not, do not get so caught up in the allure that you make that profit your go-to. Um, I used to be back in college. I was so naive. I was like, I'm just going to eat whatever I want to eat. I'm going to eat whatever I'm going to eat. And then I'm just going to go to a Benny Hinn crusade. That was dumb logic. I, I really believe that, okay, all I, I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat. And to get healed, I'm going to go to Benny Hinn's crusade and get healed. That was dumb. Now, I keep my opinions about Benny Hinn uh, uh, to myself. But what I'm saying is 
is that was dumb theology. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to do sin and then go find somebody who's going to help me. That's wrong. What you need to do is know the word for yourself, have a relationship with God for yourself, that no one can use prophecy uh, to control you. So put the prophecy on the shelf, write it down, date it. Um, there's been people who prophesied on me that I recorded, that I dated, and I ain't looked back at it in a long time because I'm going to wait till God confirm it. And whatever God confirms, I know that it was sent by him and it was confirmation already in my soul. Hope to help. So put it on the shelf and keep doing what you do and let God confirm what another man or woman told you. Hello from New York. Thank you for watching. Jelena Brown says, is it true that men need to be financially stable to have a successful relationship? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> men, by God, the order of God was meant to be the head. And, and the head is the most humbled one. So don't think the head means a controlling man or <clears throat> uh, egotistical uh, man. But uh, uh, the head of the house means the humbled one, the servant leader one, the servant, uh, one who exhibits servant leadership, the one who is submitted to God. Don't don't ex don't submit to a man who is not submitted to God. Then you're going to be discouraged and disappointed in your submission. But when it comes to financial stability, that's very important because what happens when you get pregnant? What happens if something happens? The man is supposed to make sure that he is setting up. Thank y'all so much for giving. That man is supposed to be setting um, his family up beforehand. Before I got married, I had over 11, well, I had about 10 to 11 revenue streams that are that are supporting my marriage now. And, and, and that includes the job that I have. But I made sure that my job, my CMS job, the job that I work, that I work eight hours in a day, <clears throat> takes care of all the basics. Everything else is, is overflow. So any either way, I'm going to go to work. See, a woman, um, I want to make sure that my wife feels secure that no matter how I feel, no matter what's going on, I'm going to work. And it's not about financial stability. It's about the right financial mindset. If a man has the right financial mindset, you don't have to worry about feeling unstable up under his leadership. Uh, but that's very important because you... No matter what, do not do not allow your desperation for a man overlook his fi financial inabilities. You see what I'm saying? Because many women will say, well, I got a man, even though he's financially enabled or, or I'm bringing more money. Now you have a son. Now you got a son that you're taking care of. And then he's not going to feel like a man. And then you're not going to feel like a woman. But if a man is, is in position, he's financially stable, then no, no matter what happens when you start bringing in children and whatnot and you choose to stay home and pursue your career, that man is going to take the responsibility on his back. Now, it's okay if a woman makes more than a man, but the man's basic job should still cover the responsibilities so that man can continuously feel like a man and feel like a provider. We are, we men were created to be providers, protectors, and priests over our home, period. Whenever we do not feel like we're that, then, then we don't feel like who we really are. And so it doesn't mean like my wife makes more money than I make in a year on my job job. So if we compare professions in regards to me as a teacher and her in her modeling career, she makes more, but she don't make me feel less. But but my job still takes care of the basic needs and whatever she makes is overflow as for goals, that's for aspirations, that's for um, um, what the, what God wants to do financially. So is it true that men need to, they, they need to be financially stable to make sure you still continuously feel secure. You can settle for a man who's not financially secure. You may feel good in the beginning, but eventually when you start seeing the lights off and you start seeing the water, not getting, getting warm, you're not going to feel secure. So it's very important. That a man is financially stable before he brings you into his stable. If that makes sense.
Watching from Massachusetts. Thank you for watching. Really thinking of quitting. Oh, just be, be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Don't quit because of circumstances. Be quit, quit because the Holy Spirit leads you to. That's the best wisdom I can give you on that. Seminella, not Seminella. Sorry, Miss Campbell. Hey, coach, I'm 24 and have never dated, not even behind my parents' back. I'm scared to get into the dating scene due to myself coming from four generations of divorce. How do I not pass on that curse? Great question. First off, you're not missing out on nothing. See, Miss, Miss, I always say Miss Desi because I've been doing Miss Desi videos, but coach, it's not a, I go by the philosophy, no FOMO. I have no fear of missing out um, because most people who are enjoying life right now will have to suffer the consequences of enjoying a period of life. So being 24 and never date, that's a blessing. Um, you don't have to have experience uh, um, to engage with what you need to have. And what I mean by that is because you have the endowment of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows exactly how to equip you to enjoy what you've never experienced. So many people think that I have to experience certain things. Don't get me wrong. Experience does help, but observation and, and understanding and wisdom is a whole nother, a whole other level. <clears throat> so it's very important. Man, y'all giving today. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. But that's why you have to really understand and say, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to allow everybody else that's my age um, to make me turn the, uh, turn ahead of the page that I'm on. I'm going to continuously anchor myself in God. I'm going to continue to enjoy him now and trust that he will help me to be able to enjoy the experience of courtship and marriage. See, I grew up in a home without a dad present. Does that mean I shouldn't be a father? You see what I'm saying? Because I never experienced life with a father in a home. Should that make me afraid to be a father? No, the Holy Spirit who is with me now and who has already seen my future and is present in my future simultaneously, who has already engulfed my past, empowered me for the present and has already engulfed my future. I have no word because he would he will by day by day help me to experience what I've never experienced. So you can already erase that out of your mind that you have to go date or whatnot. Don't be scared. You have to allow that area of insecurity or feelings of inadequacy or just borderline basic fear to be perfected by God's love. Uh, right now, get to know God. Get, be content in God. Fall in love or grow in love with God. Grow in love with your purpose. Grow in love with yourself. And then you will be able to know how to exhibit love outside of you. So don't get so caught up on being scared about divorce um, because you only portray what you allow to be placed. So if 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 you exhibit <clears throat> or let me make it even plain by generational curses, let me just go that route. It doesn't matter what has been generation generationally passed down through your lineage. You can break it by the renewing of your mind in that area. So what you need to do is first off, renounce any type of demonic connection the enemy has within your bloodline, your family. Because there is there. If you have four, if you have generation of divorce, there's a demonic spirit that's governing to, to, to ensure that divorce happens. It, it happens all the time. <clears throat> Demons follow families because they want families in cycles to sort of keep the family from flourishing and, and producing financial wealth and, and residual income, residual impact. And they do that by curses that are satanically, demonically, uh, 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 psychedelized, not, not psychedelized, I ain't gonna try to make up words, that is placed through generations by mindsets, by seeing it. So 
when you got a uh, high blood pressure in your family, diabetes in your family, chances are you you may have that if you because you ate their food. You grew up in a home that ate a lot of sugar. You grew up in a home that ate a lot of salt. So by default, because you engaged with what which was within your environment, you will have that inside of you. But if you break that by changing how you see, uh, how changing how you see marriage. And, and growing in that divorce won't be in life. My family, my mom uh, had my family has divorce in it. My wife's family has divorce in it. That doesn't mean we're going to divorce because our minds aren't even thinking about divorce. We are not adopting the philosophies that may have been present in the home that contributed to divorces. So there's no need to fear it because our minds has been renewed from it to see it differently and to engage knowing that God is the source of it. So there's no need to be afraid um, that that divorce is rampant in your life. I mean, in your family's life, renounce it, keep moving on, but and do not allow that fear to torment you because demons will try to make you believe that you will have divorce. In now, how will divorce continue in your family if you settle in the wrong relationship? When you allow your mind to be consumed with the fear that it possibly may be divorced, creating false expectations, making that man run away from you. But if you say, okay, what does the Bible say about a wife? Be that embrace that. Holy Spirit, show me how to be a wife. I didn't have a father in my home, so therefore I'm not going to allow that to make me nervous about raising children. I'm going to raise my children with the fear and admission of the Lord. Like my mom said, I'm going to raise my children with, with, with knowing the Holy Spirit will in that moment leading God me to truthfully be that. So when you get married, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is there with you. And he will show you what you've never experienced as regards to dating and what you may have never seen in regards to your family uh, uh, in regards to divorce. So don't be afraid of being divorced. Don't be afraid of experience. The Holy Spirit got all that. Now, what you do in the meantime is prepare for the experience. You build yourself up. You develop yourself. You grow yourself so that you are prepared when experience comes. Most people drown in what could be versus being who they need to be to have what they to have what they would like to have. Hope that makes sense. <clears throat> Great questions, y'all. Aline says, and you do not pass down that curse by making sure that you understand that Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, um, that, that he took everything on the cross for you. Embrace that. Understand your righteousness in Christ and move forward and you'll be good money because I ain't scared to father no children, just even though I never seen it. Gigi, oh, oh, sorry. Aline says, Coach, can you say a prayer for me that I connect with the right people in this season and continue to stay focused, free of distractions? Yeah, I pray for you right now. Father, I pray for Aline right now that you would continue to reshape and sharpen her focus into what you desire for her to have and to flourish in her life. I thank you right now, Father God, that you reveal to her what is draining her, distracting her from fulfilling her purpose. I pray, Father God, you will help her to understand uh, or deepen herself in discernment where she ate, where she's able to discern the difference between friend or foe and what she needs to know and where she should go. And right now, through the authority that's been given to me through Christ, you come against every demonic spirit of procrastination, a demonic spirit of distraction, any spirit that must be that may be in her life right now. I counsel your assignments in her life right now. She will receive um, this prayer on from me on her behalf. And you have no legal right over her life anymore. Whatever area that the Holy Spirit reveals her, once she confess those sins, once she repent, she will be freed from every loophole, contractional thing that you may have connected to her. And she'll be able to walk in that freedom, knowing what's right and what's wrong. And I command to leave her alone in Jesus' name. Father, I turn my attention back to you. I love you. I thank you for using me to pray for my sister. I thank the Lord she'll keep her sustained. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. <clears throat> Gigi says, Coach, I am no longer with my ex. Great. 
So why does he appear in my dream so often? Uh, nothing bad in the dream. Nah, you being detox. You're going through withdrawals. See, when you spend a lot of time with person, with a person, your soulless realm has has received a lot of that individual. Your soul is a sponge, and right now you just got to ring the rag. And sometimes when you have these different dreams and you have these different things, it's not God. It's nothing like that. It's just your soul being wrung out of that individual. And that happens. Um, you start thinking about them, but over time, the feelings of your thoughts towards them will be not, won't be as solid, won't be as strong, and you'll be able to progress um, the way, you, how you need to be, how you need to. So don't allow those dreams to make you think that that's the one for you. Um, basically, what I'm saying is that your soul is being, is going through withdrawals. Your soul is going through a detox. When I, when I go through a, a, a physical detox, uh, people don't like going through detoxification because they feel bad before they feel great. But what they fail to realize is that you're going to feel worse before you get uh, um, what you what before you get what you need because your body is cleaning out the toxins. So you're going to have headaches. You're going to have bad breath. You're going to have rashes that come out because your body is extreting out toxins. You see what I'm saying? That's, 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 that needs to get out your system. So when you're focused on God and someone has been recently removed out of your life, expect dreams, expect thoughts, expect feelings to come, but make sure you have facts from the word of God and facts on why that wasn't supposed to be to kind of uh, compensate or, or balance out and, and, and eliminate those toxins out of you. So find the facts, keep write down the facts of why y'all shouldn't be. The clear facts on why y'all was never meant to be together. Keep type it out. Put it wherever you need to put it out. Put it and then and then allow um, your your natural soul to be detox and make sure that detoxification continues by the facts and staying focused on your personal development and growing in the things of God and growing in your relationship with God. If that makes sense. Rochelle says, what to do when you want to be a wife or mother someday, but too broken from childhood abandonment and molestation? Some days I'm some days I'm fine, but then my feelings take over and I'm a, and I cry and a mess. You're human, Rochelle. Um, you just gotta take you gotta take ownership and not ownership of what they did, but ownership of how you react from what they did. Um, <clears throat> because sometimes we, I'm not saying it's you, but hear me out. Sometimes we 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 hurt so badly. That one, we don't forgive the person. Two, we don't forgive ourselves. Or three, we become defined by what we experience. And then we carry over those defects into wherever or whatever we desire to be or go, right? So how do you uh, maintain uh, 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 hope? And that one day that God will bless you with the family is to realize, number one, that he took all that on the cross for you. Number two, realizing that you are adopted into his family. And in that adoption, you are no longer that old person anymore, that you are being renewed by the spirit of God, that, that you are being changed and refurbished. Now, there should be cooperation from you, meaning that you uh, embraced what the word of God says about you. Allow the Holy Spirit to work on you so that you can renew your mind from that molestation. And you understand this. Uh, um, you are not the molestation. You are not the abuse. You're not it. If you continue to define yourself by it, that thing will always follow you, right? So what you have to do now is look at what you have experienced and say, God, how are you turning this around for my good? And then when you see it, you will be able to see ministry. See, what, whatever you missed or whatever happened in your life, turns into the ministry. See what I'm saying? Um, it turns uh, into a testimony. It turns into 
the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's how you overcome. In fact, that your testimony is you survived it. Your testimony is that the Holy Spirit is positioning you to thrive from it. So you overcome by the blood of the lamb that there was a there that he that he took everything on the cross for you, died, was buried, went to hell, took the keys, was resurrected, is now seated at the right hand of the Father, which made the check clear, giving us the uh, 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 giving us back our standing with God. Were we able to ask anything, uh, whether we lack wisdom or not, that we're able to grow in godliness and grow. And but if you don't understand that and what is given to you by Christ, then you're then you're going to always be in a crisis. And so my advice to you is write down those people who abandoned you, write down those who, who abused you in that way. I want you to write them down. I want you to give those people over to God and say, God, help me to forgive them. Put your name down there. Help me to forgive myself. I want you to look up scriptures on forgiveness and, 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 and really process and meditate on that so that you can embrace the forgiveness of God so that you can forgive, right? So I say all that to say is that you're going to have bad moments. But do not let those moments last longer than five minutes. So what I need you to do, set a timer and let's set a realistic number, 20 minutes. See, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, or set a number that the Holy Spirit sets in your heart. Give yourself 20 to 25 minutes to vent, to cry, to journal, to get it out your system and then get back to the word of God because your soul has been cleared on that and get to work on your purpose. There was many nights when I cried, but then right when I finished those tears, I was on my computer writing my book unplugged. When I was crying those tears, I got right to my second book, World War Me. I had moments where I cried and felt like quitting. I cried. I got out of my system. I got right back to my purpose. I got right back to that Bible. So you got to develop systems that will sustain you beyond those bad moments, but you are not defined by that abuse, you're not defined by that brokenness. The Bible says he's near the brokenhearted. You see what I'm saying? He's on standby with the Holy Spirit to supply you with everything that you need to overcome it. You just have to embrace it, but it's hard to embrace it if you're not educated on it. So I need you to get into God's word. Look up those, look up uh, uh, unforgiveness, forgiveness. Look on God, look on scriptures for God's love towards you. And I want you to meditate on them. And all I can do now is tell you, go to the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Show me what I need to do right now because I'm broken. And when you understand that usually the things that breaks us makes us, you see what I'm saying? So it, those things will be used to mold you into the wife you desire to be and the mother you desire to be. But those should be your goals. I'm not going to allow the abandonment of other people. I'm not going to allow uh, 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 lust issues in my past. I'm not going to allow anything in my past to affect what I'm doing now or what I plan to do. So we've all experienced pain. Some gain and some are slain by it. But, but you got to be intentional in gaining. But you do that by understanding your purpose, understanding who you are in Christ, and, and, and learning how to navigate those times and getting that time from 25 minutes down to five minutes to not even need it at all. Hope that. Every mess, in every mess, there's a message, my friend. In every mess, there's a message. So let that mess age like good cheese and good wine. Don't drink wine, but wine is aged. And then you'll have a message. Sean M says, is it bad that I want my future husband to look a certain way? Looks aren't everything, but they matter to me. Am I wrong? And also, is it bad that I have a list of what I, my future husband to be like? There's nothing wrong with liking what you like, just to make sure that, that you're not limited on the externals. 
Um, there's nothing wrong if you like a man, a certain height, a certain look, uh, a, a certain shape, a certain figure. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that your uh, superficial list or list of uh, is not over. It doesn't over or supersede your list of substance. I won't even say superficial, but what? But the the things that you want on the outside, do not allow those things to override or supersede what you need from a person on the inside. So let me break your question down and kind of give enlightenment um, to everyone who kind of have issue with this question. Number point, point one in your sentence is, is it bad that I want my future husband to look a certain way? There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're not vain about it, as long as you uh, are looking for greater traits internally than you are externally. Because if you get so caught up on the looks of a person versus looking through the window of that person's eyes, see what's in their soul. Then you'll find yourself with a person that 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 that's going to be a personal destruction, right? Looks aren't everything, but they matter to me. Looks are important. Now, get me. Let me understand. Let me break this down. Uh, a person's uh, external attractions draw you to them. Their internal attractions glues you to them, right? So. You're going to be naturally drawn by someone's appearance, but those appearances will not be important down the road because doesn't matter what. If you always if you always get caught up on how a person looks and what attraction and what happens if the arm gets cut off? What happens if they get a cut right here? So their looks may have drawn you to them, but they cannot be what what that, that should not be the number one thing you feel will keep you with them. What's going to keep you with them is purpose. That's what's going to keep you with them. Uh, uh, God sending that's what's going to keep you with them because beauty, this external crust of us fades, not fades as far as an unhealth and as far as health, because we want to go from glory to glory in our health, but it fades in regards to you're just not, I don't look the same that I, that I did um, back when I was 24, 25. Don't get me wrong. We should be getting better over time, but you just got to be prepared for the what ifs, right? And, and making sure that you, your love is beyond the looks, even though the looks is what lured you to them, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. Looks are not everything, but they, they are to a degree important because you got to wake up and see that person every day. Uh, but at the same, we're talking about if you settle for someone that you just don't like the way they look. You see what I'm saying? That happens. People marry people because they're good people and it wasn't the right one because whoever God has for you, God, listen, have you not considered the beauty of the trees, the beauty of the flowers, the beauty of the skyline, the beauty of, of what God has inspired men and women to make? Why would he make all these things beautiful, but not bring you someone that you like? If you like sunrises, if you like sunsets, if you like grass, if you like the trees, if you like animals, if you like everything they created, why won't he give you something that you like? But what he's going to make sure that you bonded by is y'all shared love for God and y'all shared purpose that glorifies God, etc. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, but just make sure you're not in the wrong in this. Also, is it bad that I have a list of what I want my future? There's nothing wrong with a future list. Nothing wrong. Write down everything. But with that list, make sure you match what you're asking for. Do you match what you're asking for? Don't expect the man of God and you don't know the word yourself. Don't expect the woman of God, you don't know the word yourself. Don't expect someone that exhibits purity, but you're not pure yourself. Don't exhibit a person with self-control over their words and your words are loose. Don't expect someone um, 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 to be fit and you know you ain't been to the gym in a week, you see what I'm saying, or, or for years. So don't expect something from someone that you don't expect from yourself. So when you look at your list, so this is how I want you to write your list. I want you to write down everything you want in that person, inside, out. 
Start inside first. What do you want from that person on the inside? I want you to write down um, 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 from scripture. I want you to go to scripture and says, okay, what does a godly man look like? What does a godly woman look like? I want a person that's love, that who's who's patient, kind, uh, gentle, full of joy, self-controlled. I want a man who who's financially stable. I want a man who's uh, who loves God more than me. Um, 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 I want a man who fears God. I want a woman who loves and fears God. I want you to write down all the internal things. I want you to write down the emotions to build. I want you to write down everything you want on the inside. Then I want you to write down everything you want on the outside. I want you to write their height, their color, their, their looks, their shape, whatever. Write down everything. Now on the next list, I want you to write down, do I match or do I not? Do I match it or do I not match it? And that's where you will focus on improvement because so many people focus on their list and focus on the bliss, but they never focus on what's in the midst of their own life. You see what I'm saying? So you got to look at your own life and say, do I match? If I, I, want, I want a person that loves God, do I, am, I, am I discontent in God? Am I content in God? Or I want a person who's this and that. Do I match that? I want someone that's fit, who's healthy. Am I fit and healthy? And then that will distract you from being too caught up in the delusion or the idea of a person and will help you prepare for the actual individual when they come so that you will become what will attract them. Because trust me, people at this level ain't looking at people at this level. It's crazy when nickels ask for dimes. Nickels be asking for dimes all the time. You a five, but you want a 10. So what you got to do is if you want a dime, elevate yourself. And I'm just giving it metaphorically. I'm just saying it metaphorically, but that's true. There's a lot of nickels asking for dimes and, and staying nickels. No, you have to say, I, in order for me to match it, in order for me to have it, I must match it. It's that simple. So write everything you want from a person inside and out. And on the side, just check yes or no. Do I match or don't match? And if you don't match it, that's what you need to work on. And that will distract you from worrying about whether your man or woman is coming. Hope to help. Great question. Gave me an opportunity to break that down because a lot of people need to hear that. Rochelle, I realize I'm the problem. I can attract great men, but I can't keep them like I, like I sabotage in a way that I didn't even understand. Let me see. Let me see your previous question, Rochelle. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, let me look at it again. All right. Uh, uh, we sabotage things all the time. We sabotage things because, um, um, because of self hate, um, due to a lack of self love. We sabotage things because of fear. Ultimately, sabotage things because of fear. We rather we rather destroy it and blame the person for its destruction so that we can prove that we didn't deserve it or prove that uh, or to stay in our place of self-pity or doubt and worry, right? So that's a human tech. That's a human technique. Humans, we do that all the time. We'll destroy it and, and, and then, then justify it and justify its destruction and then continue to uh, uh, self-sabotage. We sabotage everything outside of us due to us self-sabotaging ourselves. So you have to redeem yourself, renew yourself through the help of the Holy Ghost to a place of seeing yourself the way you should see yourself so that you will be able to sustain and not sabotage things. Um, but you, you know how you sabotage them. It, usually women sabotage and don't, don't hear me. I'm not trying to generalize, but so, sometimes uh, how broken women sabotage things or sabot uh, or broken people. Let me just make it plain. How broken people sabotage things. They sabotage things through their words, through their, first of all, they sabotage things through their thoughts, their bad thought habits. Then their thoughts turn into their emotions and their emotions turn into their actions and their actions turn into consequences. So 
uh, if you have bad thinking, you will have bad feeling. If you have bad feeling, you will have bad acting. If you have bad acting, you will bring or attract bad consequences. So you have to look at your thought level. How are my thoughts? Are my thoughts always negative? Are my thoughts always filled with fear? Are my thoughts always bad? You know what I'm saying? Because whatever, as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, so are he. You, so are they. You are the sum of your thought life. Hear me. You are the sum of your thought life. If you change your thoughts, you can change the way you live. Because right now you're on your way to the bench that your mind is sitting at right now. Where is your mind sitting? So you got to change the default settings of your mind to the word of God and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind and you renew your mind in every area you struggle in. So write down everything you struggle in, Rochelle, everything that you struggle in that you have seen that you contributed to the self-sabotage or the sabotaging of relationships. And I want you to find scripture that support those different things. I need you to meditate on those different things because if you change the way you think, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, then you will become that woman of God that's able to sustain a relationship designed by God and y'all be able to go forth and, and, and go from glory to glory. Tanita, I'm praying for you. I pray God you strengthen her, whatever she needs. I pray you keep her, sustain her, and take care of her. Lord, we thank her that you uh, 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 will give her a peace that pass all uh, understanding able to keep her heart and mind through Christ. You let her know that no weapon formed against her will prosper and that you will sustain her and all that she do. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Ms. Dixon says, coach, how do one find their true identity in Christ? Great question. Go where Christ, go where, go where Christ has written. What do I mean by that? Go to the word of God. Make it simple. Sometimes you're trying to sound deep. All you got to do is go to where the word of God says about Christ, right? And then you first, I need you to look up scriptures about your righteousness in Jesus. I want you to look up scriptures uh, for adoption, uh, adopted into the family of God. I want you to look up scriptures on my uh, who I am in the righteousness in Christ Jesus. I want you to write uh, a look up scripture that pertains to those different thoughts, those different things, right? And then write down beside it, I am the righteousness in Christ Jesus. I am a son or daughter of God. And look up the scriptures and see how what you can extract from them or pull from them by meditating on them. But how does one find their true identity in Christ? It's like the Bible says that the wise builder uh, uh, went through the sand and built on the rock while the unwise built on the sand. So basically uh, your identity is what is in whatever you idolize or whatever that you deem the highest in your mind. And so what happens to most people, they idolize these different things. So they built their life on sand. But those who are wise said, OK, I'm going to take my time with my own life to cipher through the sand, the delusions, the confusion of society to find the rock Jesus. And I want you to look up those people that I put up in the chat box, Frank Turek, Ravi Zacharias, and better understand apologetics and better understand why you believe what you believe. What does it mean to identify with Christ? Because confidence builds when you know you're identifying with something that's true. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the best way to understand that truth is to do a thorough investigation of the faith that you believe in to find the facts of your faith so that you'll be forever anchored going forward, knowing who you are in Christ, despite the persecution that may come, despite what may challenge you going forward because you're anchored in him, because you know he's the truth, because you investigated the truth and find out that there's no other rock that I should build my life on than the rock, the man, Jesus. Whew. That's good stuff. We get done. If I got three minutes, I got to go. Great questions, y'all. Great session. Thank y'all so much for, for being with me, for liking the video, for giving, for those who've given and those who have hearts to give, but can't, don't worry about it. I love y'all too. They ain't nothing like that. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your trust.
All right. Same thing, Gigi, except I have not dated this person. We are friends. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Simply Inna says, maybe I got this one and another one. Hey, Coach, do you think God allowed the coronavirus to happen because of people have fallen away like the flood that happened in Noah's Ark? Well, we have to look at different covenants. Okay, when you look at Noah, Noah was back when God had a different covenant with God, with his people. And we have a new covenant through Christ Jesus. That was the Mosaic covenant. We in a Messianic covenant. The old covenant in regards to that is he said he promised he will never destroy the world um, by flood. But he said the next time it will be destroyed by fire. Right. So. So did God allow the coronavirus? Of course, because God can stop anything. There's a purpose greater and bigger than us um, that God uh, sees fit uh, um, um, to prove that that he's still in control. Um, but did coronavirus come from God because people fell away? Nah. Uh, the Bible says uh, everything good comes from the father of lights. God does not send cancer. God don't send disease. Um, it was the hardness of Pharaoh's heart that caused the plagues. It was not God who caused the plagues. And, and, and so that just is what it is. If people's hearts stay hard, the fallenness of this world system will continue to destroy them. But those who have faith in Christ, they won't be affected by what's that if they're if they're not in ignorance. The Bible says my people perish due to a lack of knowledge. So as long as you in knowledge and you apply what the word says and being wise with your eating, taking care of your immune system, you won't fall prey to it. Um, but God is not because God don't do stuff like that um, to make people believe in him. He's like, yo, you believe in me? You don't. Uh, you just gonna, I'm just going to I'm going just to allow your own sins consequences to do what it does towards you. I'm just going to allow the fallenness of this world to do what it naturally does to you. And from that, he'll have a pool of people who come to repentance and trust in Jesus. Hope to help. All right. Got to go, y'all. I'm at the 45 minute mark. I love y'all. I got books and resources about uh, about that Sabbath question. Um, uh, Jesus fulfilled the law. And what I mean by that, he became our rest. And, but we should still rest. Um, you should still take a day where you rest because that's still a pattern. Is it still Friday to sundown to sun, uh, sundown Saturday? I doubt it um, because there's nothing in the New Testament that continues to echo those statements or sentiments. Um, but he became our rest. So rest in him every day. But make sure you find rest at least once a week um, so that you won't be weakened the next week. Hope to help. Um, but I got resources and books for you. The Purpose of Singleness. This book right here is for those who desire to be whole and not full of holes. Um, you is in order to hold anything in life, you must be whole. So this book right here is a good book, good resource for you as a single person. And like I said last week, you're gonna be single for the rest of your life. Meaning you're gonna be you the rest of your life. So make sure that you hold. And um, this Thursday we're gonna be talking about false expectations. So I have a course that goes with this book. Make sure you register now at lifework.teachable.com. We'll be uh, going through that course there. My second book. What's the second book that I wrote? The, well, the next book is The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties Up Your Strongholds. That's a book on soul ties and strongholds and how um, to loose them and become untangled from them. That book's available on my website, imunplugged.com. I'll make sure I write that in the comment section box below so that you guys will know where to go. All right, so that's that's the website there. This book right here on spiritual warfare, World War Me, how to win the war within or winning the war within. You're not going to be able to win the war out. The war is outside of you. You haven't first won the war inside of you. The enemy outside of you will never beat you if you have defeated the enemy inside of you. So that book right there is available to you as well on my website. Dating Prep, this book right here came with this card game. Right here, I have a set of cards called uh, Dating Prep. 
Uh, they don't come together. You got to get them separate on two different websites, but they're all on my website, but you get them in two different areas. This book is for those who want to date themselves and love their life forever. Um, these are questions that are in my card game that helps you ask the right question. Three levels of this card game, cloud, cement, and corporation. Some people in the cloud phase when y'all just met. Some people's relationships on the cement level where it's getting real. All that fluffy stuff is going. It's real now. Um, after that, corporations when you engage or marry and y'all y'all dreaming about what to build. The same questions in the card game or in the books. So like for instance, right here, uh, a cloud question is how old are you? Does it? These are cloud questions here. Uh, do they do they have children? If so, how many? Do you want children? Why or why not? Do you want children? If so, how many? So these are questions for you to ask yourself and to ask another person so you don't know are you on the same page? And the first book they ever wrote is uh, Unplugged. On top things to unplug from in my child, my children's book, my kids' book uh, for uh, third graders and up is in in my office over there uh, in my where I do my other videos at uh, called as he says as for students I serve. Also have this other card game that I think would be a blessing to you all. It's called Memory Muscle. It's a fun way to memorize scripture. Um, so it's three. Uh, so it's just fun way to play with someone or just by yourself. I love you. Y'all be blessed. I gotta go. Uh, I see you guys. Possibly I may do a video tomorrow, but definitely Thursday. Thank you all so much for your time. I love y'all. I pray that these points was a blessing and these answers are actually answered. And uh, I love y'all. T-shirts on the website. Purpose Singleness. Well, that's just my T-shirt for the course, but we got T-shirts, books, ways to give, courses, all that good stuff on my website. I am unplugged.com. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all soon. Peace.